This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Seeing layers in consciousness, we started last week. Different layers of consciousness. So, what happens when a person meditates? The person's going to realize what happens when they meditate, what the process is. What is the process of meditation? So, we have to understand the levels of the soul. Where are the levels of the soul in our brains? And number one is, if you go to a neurosurgeon or a neurologist, they'll say, no such thing. The brain is the brain, everything comes from the brain. All your thoughts in your brain, the consciousness, the subconscious, everything is the brain. And that's between the rabbi and the, and, the, and the doctor. The doctor just talks about the physical, the rabbis talk about the spiritual. So let's talk about the spiritual. So according to Kabbalah, well, according to Jewish philosophy, the brain is not the source of consciousness. It's not the source of individuality. It's not the source of self-awareness. Consciousness derives from the soul. Consciousness, the person consciousness derives from the soul. The godly spark, which we talked about, is the ani. Hashem's ani, or the ayin, comes from the ayin of Hashem. Aleph Yud Nun. Aleph Yud Nun. Me ayin yavuizvi, David Amelot says in Shira Malot. Me ayin yavuizvi, where will come my help? Aleph Yud Nun, where will come my help? That's Hashem. Ani is the same letters of Ayin. So we all, my personality comes from my Ayin. My personality, my, my consciousness comes from the Ayin, from Hashem. Our consciousness comes from Hashem, from the godly spark, from the Neshama. So very interesting idea. We said there's five different levels of the Neshama, right? Uh, nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya, Yechida. Five different levels. The highest level is the Yechida. And that is the source of a person's consciousness. That's the highest level it gets that communicates with Hashem. Yechida. The Yechida goes to the Chaya, from the Chaya goes to the Neshama, Neshama goes to the Ruach, and the Ruach comes down to the Nefesh. But each one of those has five. So the Nefesh itself has five levels, and the Ruach has five levels, and it keeps on, it keeps on splitting and splitting and splitting. So anyway, so what is the brain? Where does the brain come into play? And the answer is the brain is the me- me- uh, mechanism through which the neshama works. The brain is the mechanism by which the neshama works. The neshama is the power box. The brain and the senses are the wiring which does all the work. So the, the, the neshama is powering the brain. That's why when the person dies, the neshama goes away. The brain is still there. What happened all of a sudden? So you say the heart stops, the, the whatever. You can't live without the blood pumping or whatever. But there's other things going on. That something's missing. And that is, you see a person with a coma. And the heart's working. What happened to his brain? Or how come he's not communicating? The answer is the neshama. So there's a, we know that's that is when that's a big secret. That is the big secret when science discovers the neshama. We had one of the great uh, philosophers, Rabbi Sassoon, Suleiman Sassoon. There's a book over here. Can't understand it. Uh, uh, he wrote many books. He's very genius. This guy's a genius. He says eventually, he says science will discover the neshama, and that's that's messianic age. That's the messianic age. When science discovers the neshama, they can't argue there's a god. This is soul. They found the soul. To find the soul. But actually, you can't measure the soul. So the answer is you can see a difference between a person alive and not alive, and you have to find what ticks, what's, make, what's making that difference. What's making the difference between a person in a coma? So the neshama is the power behind everything. You just can't see it. Just like you can't see Hashem. Hashem is the power behind everything. You can't see Hashem. The neshama is the power behind everything. You can't see the neshama. So the brain and the senses are the wiring of the power box behind it. The power is the, the neshama. The battery is the, is the, the charge mm-hmm. of the battery is the neshama. So 
the neshama needs the body to facilitate, to act in this world of action. We're in the lowest level. We said asiyah, olam asiyah, the world of action. To be able to act in the world of action, you need a physical form. A soul can't react over here in the world of action without a physical form to act in. You need a vessel. You need, a, right? you need tools. So a person has no hands, no legs, can't do anything. So the body is the tool, the mechanism by which the neshama comes into this world and, and is act, has a power to do things. So it facilitates its interaction with the world of action. So the neshama is restricted by the physicality of these tools. So we need the tools. We need the tools, but we're also restricted by the tools. Okay. Now you need the airplane to go somewhere, but you're, you're inside the airplane. You're stuck by inside the airplane. You're restricted by the airplane. Right? So the body also, the body is like the airplane, and the neshama needs to be inside the body to come into this world and, and do things in this world. You're restricted by the body. The neshama is restricted by the body. The neshama is suffocating. You feel the neshama suffocate. We're not in tune with our neshama. The person who's in tune with the neshama, they feel the neshama suffocate. Because the neshama wants to do so much and has so many different goals and so many different energies and so many things that it gets worn out. Just fighting the battle of pushing this body. Well, the body can't do it. The body gets weak. The neshama is pure, the body gets weak. So the, body, the neshama is restricted by the physicality of these tools until the person manages to purify one's physicality through the, through the mitzvot and through the Torah. It purifies their body until the body and the soul have become one. And that was the body of Moshe Rabbeinu. It's a beautiful midrash. Uh, it's a midrash we read on Hoshana Rabbah, uh, midrash Rabbah, which talks about the death of Moshe Rabbeinu at the end of the Torah. In the end of the, it talks about the death of Moshe. The midrash goes into details and says how the soul and the body were like one. The body and the soul. The body was so elevated that the soul did not want to leave the body, which is unusual. The soul wants to leave the body. Um, but uh, here, the, the soul of Moshe was so into the body, the body was so pure, mm-hmm. the soul was not limited by the body. That's, that's the highest level. To raise one's body to the level where, and that's the Ramban, Nachmanadi says that when the Mashiach comes, the soul, the body will come back, and the person will live inside that body. The body will be part of the soul. The soul and body will be together forever. But it won't be the same body, it will be a spiritual body. The body will be elevated with the soul. Rambam says no, eventually they'll die again because the soul can't live in the body all the time. It goes to the, the soul goes to the place of the soul. Rambam says no, the place of the soul isn't the body. That is the ideal. But the body should be elevated up to a high level as well. So a person's got to elevate their body so that the soul is not limited by the body. That's the point. Because the body limits the soul. But the body is pure. The, the body becomes spiritual. So the soul is not limited as much. So the, the soul becomes the balabai, becomes the owner in charge of the soul. And the, all the material trappings transform to support the spirituality of the, of, of the soul. Until then, the soul's got to wade through all these physical barriers. And, if, and that's the trouble. The soul is inside, say, a very cloudy, dusty room. It wants to wave through the window, but it can't get through full of cobwebs and dirt and whatever and the windows are all dirty and so it, it can't really broadcast itself it's stuck inside and it's so that's the, the we have to try and get our soul to be able to talk and we also we want to person wants to get in touch with their soul how do you get in touch with their soul we also have to try and reach in the soul's reaching out we have to try and reach in and try and meet somehow so we have to know the mechanism by which we can do that and a person who can reveal their soul 
gets to a very high level of Ruach HaKodesh already. That is Ruach HaKodesh. Ruach HaKodesh is through the soul. We find uh, Rabbi Yosef Karo, right? He has this book, Magid Mesharim. The Magid is talking to him. Who is the Magid? The voice of his Mishnah. Who is his voice? His voice is talking to himself. His voice is talking to himself. The this, this soul is talking to him through his voice, his own voice. He can hear. Not only he could hear, but other people could hear through him talking. And he knew it wasn't him. Who was it? And the answer, Magid came using his voice and speaking, broadcasting. That's Ruach HaKodesh. So through his soul, he's in touch with his soul. That's the Bat Kol. The Bat Kol is the echo of higher communication that comes through the soul. So a person can tune their senses to be aware of the soul's inner voice. That's so hard. How do you tune your senses to be aware of the soul's inner voice? Okay. So now we're going to go, he goes into details over here. The Trying to, to synchronize the language of the Kabbalists with the psychologists. So that's... I don't know how successful you can be in synchronizing the language. We try. For millennia, he says. Kabbalists have been described in different states of mind. And parts of the brain. All right, for example, expanded or superconsciousness. So we know it's called Muhin de Gadut. There's a concept Muhin de Gadut. Big, large brains, expanded consciousness. Muhin de Gadut. Right? Usually a person gets Muhin de Gadut after the bar mitzvah. Prior to that is Mukhin de small brains, small mukhin. Literally, small brains don't exactly know what it means. It means the energy inside the person is limited. Right? The energy inside the person gets expanded after the person. There's certain things a person can do to expand the consciousness. The Quran says three things. What are the three things? House. Nice house, nice furniture, nice spouse. You have the three things, you hit the jackpot. So aesthetics are very important to expand a person's consciousness. The aesthetics of person around the person. person lives in a dump, the mind can't think so well. Some people can. Chavitz Chaim could. But it depends on the person. That's one of the reasons, excuses a person has to buy a nice house. And to expand his consciousness. The only trouble is, where, how do you get... When is nice and nice and nice and nice and nice? Mm-hmm. Expression? Where do you draw the lines? Where do you draw limits? The person says, you know, I need art to expand my consciousness. Okay, but how much art do you need? So all of a sudden becomes the, the, the vehicle becomes the end, end game. It's just a vehicle, the house and the thing. It's all vehicles to get to a higher level. But instead of which, some people make that the main game. That's the main result. And they get stuck with that. They forget about what their goal was. So expanded consciousness, super consciousness, the inner child, the left brain, the right brain. So the act- active part of the consciousness. Oh, good. What is the active part of the consciousness? We said here last week, it says Da'at. 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 We have Chabad. What's Chabad? Chokhmah, Bina, Da'at. Chokhmah, Bina, Da'at. So Da'at is the consciousness. The person is just thinking. Rationally, rational thinking is Da'at. Da'at is rational thinking, rational, rational thought. That's called Da'at. It's a continuous process of self-realization experiencing self-awareness through subjective incidents, interacting with the world. So that's Da'at. Now behind the Da'at, that's that Da'at. Da'at is the, is the thoughts of us, the rational thoughts of us. Behind the Da'at is a Bina. Understanding, we said that's the subconscious. And we said there's two parts of the subconscious. So the backdrop of the conscious is the subconscious. So there's two parts. The lower, the outer part, which involves automatic brain patterns. We talked about last week, that you go on autopilot. Can drive somewhere. You say, how do I get there? I don't remember driving it. 
And the answer is the body goes on autopilot. You can walk down the road. People today, you see on their cell phones, they're walking down the road with cell phones. Well, how are they walking? And the answer is they're on self autopilot. How does the heart beat by itself? Can actually, a person, can actually, if you focus on your heart, you'll go crazy. My heart is not beating enough. It's not beating. Yeah, it's so slow, fast. Try and direct. You can't even direct your own heart. It's like, how do you control the thing? It's got, it's got its own control system. It's auto. It's autopilot. The heart is under autopilot. Everything's under autopilot. Breathe automatically, person. It's all reflexes, all automatic reflexes. Amazing how Hashem created the body. You don't have to think about how your body's operating every second of the day unless you have pain somewhere. The body's not asking for help. If you don't have pain, your body's working. Can imagine all the blood is going through. I don't know how many miles of tubing there is in the body, right? Miles and miles of tubing and blood and arteries and guts and all this stuff, all that going round and round. Everything's going round and round. How many, how many times do people think about I wonder my heart where, where my where my blood is now. Where the blood come out of the heart. It's going to the, it's going pumping through the body. Now. Where is it? Who knows? Who knows? Don't pay attention to it. Why? It's automatic. Baruch Hashem. It's amazing. If it wasn't automatic, we'd go crazy. We'd be focused twenty four hours a day on our brain. On our brains, we focused on the and they focus, but parts of our brain. That's part of the subconscious. The outer subconscious is focused on the order, uh, all the order order processes which are going on in the body. Interesting. So that's part of the bina. And the higher part of the Bina is the imagery that prods the consciousness. And that's harder to see. That's the subconsciousness. That's what Freud and all the other uh, big, what they call them? Uh, quacks. I call it quacks. Oh, okay. huh? <laughs> that's what they're trying to get to. They're trying to get to the subconscious. Because they say, oh, the subconscious is a thing that controls the behavior on the outside. Even though he thinks it's a It's not the conscious mind. It's the subconscious mind behind. The layers behind the, the conscious mind. So that's Bina. What is Bina? It's a subconscious. So there's two parts of Bina. The one part of the Bina is the order, order functions. And the second part of Bina is the, the, the thoughts behind the thoughts. The subconscious thoughts. Much harder to get to. Now, behind the subconscious, and that's what we're trying to get to. If you want, to, if you want Ruach HaKodesh, you have to get through the subconscious, through the Bina, into the Chokmah. That Chokmah is the inner brain. That is a state of pure consciousness. That is, this is the part of the soul without restrictions of the physical brain. That can see beyond. So if you're in tune with your chokmah, you can see beyond your eyes. You can see in a non-physical way. You're not bounded by your physicality. That's amazing. But it's not bounded. They can see beyond. Right? That's the third eye, basically. third eye is the eye of chokmah, which is the eye of meditation, basically. If you, if you, if you can break through that subconscious, cut through the, the chatter of the subconscious, and go to the inner mind, which is the Chokmah, you can start conversing with the soul. That's basically the, that's the idea. So the soul influences the consciousness via the subconscious. But accessing it, if you're speaking directly, instead of going through the, the chatter of the subconscious, you're going straight to the soul. So the conscious mind, the dot, real-time experiences and thoughts is influenced by the subconscious the Bina, the memories, the impressions, humanity's collective experience. The subconscious is the skeleton upon which the conscious mind builds. Okay? Just like a person's thinking is, is influenced and shaped by their mother figure, right? And in nine months we're in the mother, how much are we influenced by what we, what her thoughts, how do, how do her thoughts influence us? Same thing, our Bina is like the mother, influencing our dot, influencing the thoughts. So the subconscious influences the the conscious. 
the inner mind, which works through the subconscious, to try and affect the subconscious, the, the conscious as well. So it works through the subconscious, trying to affect the <coughs> conscious. Trouble is, the subconscious is so so vast and so uh, so much noise. It's very hard to direct the two. It's very hard for the chokhmah to talk to the dart and the dart talk to the and that's what meditation does. Meditation is bypassing the bina to talk to the chokhmah. That's what meditation. Bypassing, quietening the subconscious and dealing directly with the inner mind. So bypassing the subconscious and dealing directly. That's what meditation does. Meditation consciousness is bypassing the subconscious and going straight into the higher level of the chokhmah. Okay, so that's basically that's what we talked about last week. Just recapping, and now we're going moving on to the evil inclination, the good inclination. And there's a very, very important Shar Share Kedusha. Share Kedusha was a sefer written by Rav Chaim Vital. It's one of the Shari Share Kedusha, and basically today it's learned as a book of Musa. And you can download it free anywhere on the internet, and you can read it. There's a, there's a site called Sefaria, which has all the Sefari. Beautiful. They did a great job on this. Uh, this one is not translated to English. It's a Hebrew. And you can read over there. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Shari Kedusha is uh, it's one of the books we have to we have to put on our list. Shari Kedusha, Rav Chaim Vital. Rav Chaim Vital was the main student of the Arizal, 1542 to 1620. He was older than the Arizal, at least 10, 15 years older than the Arizal. He was a student. Imagine. That's how big the Arizal was. He was such a little, 38 years old. And he's uh, 50 and he's learning from him. Uh, 50 years old. He thought he, Rav Chaim Vital thought he knew more than the Arizal. And when the Arizal came to Sfat, he says... I know more Zohar than he, I know more. He's learning Ramosha Cardavero. He knew more than Arizal. That's what he thought. So he goes with some questions to Arizal, thinking, yeah, Arizal, I know more than him. And Arizal just blew him away. Just blew him away. Just, just, he was stunned. He was shocked. He was just like sitting there for two hours. And he came back the next day. He, came, he just, just, he never heard anything like this. He was just hooked on the Arizal. So Arizal says he came to, he came to this world just to teach Rav Chaim Vital. Rav Chaim Vital was his main student, and Rav Chaim Vital wrote all the books. Arizal didn't write any books. He wrote a few pismonim, Azamir <laughs> B'Shvachin, which is in the... It's interesting. What did he write? He wrote a few pismonim, Arizal. And we don't have any many books. He wrote part of the Shittah Mugbetzid on Cholin, I think it is. He was involved with uh, Rabbi Tzalel Ashkenazi in writing the Shittah Mugbetzid, which is learning Yeshivot. It's a commentary on the Talmud. Interesting. Arizal was Pashtan as well. He knew everything. So... He was a student also of the Red Buzz, Rabbi David Ben Zimra, who was the chief rabbi of Egypt. So he married uh, into, uh, I mean, he married a very, uh, his uncle's, he married his niece, uh, his cousin, first cousin, very rich family, Ashkenazi, uh, Sephardi family. Uh, he was Ashkenazi, Arizal was Ashkenazi, of uh, Luria, his Luria family. His mother was Sephardi, and he married his uncle's niece, uh, daughter in Egypt, and his uncle supported him. And he worked for his uncle. And that's where he got his Ruach HaKodesh. He was working with his uncle on the docks. He was a guard in the docks. Imagine his uncle owned ships coming in, merchandise on the, on the port, and he was one of the night watchmen. So basically, here at night, he was, what did he do? He would just meditate. And that's where he got his Ruach HaKodesh. Eliyahu Navi came to teach him. Anyway, so Rav Chaim Vital says, in Sharek Dusha, in chapter 3, section 2, you can read this, you can look at this up, look at the read it yourself. Um... It's not as simple as he brings down over here. But he says, he talks about different levels of how he talks about machsav, machsav asfirot. Then he talks about, that's the highest level. Machsav asfirot is the highest level. 
Then it was a machsav ha-neshamot. The next level is the, the in, in English, machsav is a quarry, where you quarry the, the svirot from, the source of the svirot. Then you have the source of the neshamot. So the soul is coming through from the source of the sirot into the source of neshamot. Each one is like a, a, a another another peel around it, another layer around it. So it starts with machsav ha-sfirot, machsav ha-neshamot. From there it goes into machsav ha-melachim, into, this, into the, the quarry of angels. And from there it goes into the, the kali. It goes into the klipot, which is uh, evil. And from there it goes down to this world. So five different level, layers on, on, this, on the inner soul. So that he says the machsav ha-melachim is the yetzer tov and the kali is the yetzer so that's what we're going to talk about now. What is the evil inclination? What is the good inclination? So the Torah says, where do we learn the source of the, of the, of the good inclination? The evil inclination? The Torah says, Vayitzer et ha'adam. Vav yud yud sadi resh. So what's vav yud yud? Why say yud yud? We say in the, we say in the bracha, yotzer ha'adam in the, in, the, in the wedding. And, and what else do we say? Asher yatzar et ha'adam v'chomah. It's one yud, it's not two yuds. Why yitzer? So the answer is, Hashem created two yitzarim, two inclinations, one good and one bad. So the good inclination and the bad inclination don't come from the soul. They're around the soul. They're around the soul. The soul is really the arbiter, hopefully the arbiter of the good and bad. The soul has to guide the body into choosing the right things, but the body's pulled in two different directions. Okay. So... Yeah, and it's classic guide to spiritual enlightenment. I think there's a slight, I don't agree exactly how he portrays this. He talks about two angelic energies. There are already two angelic energies. The good is the angelic energy, the bad is the Kali. They're bad angels. It's not a bad angel. It's not an angel. It's, an, it's a force. I don't, want to, I, don't, I don't know what you call it an angel, but it's one of the, the forces. Maybe that's what he means. It's energies, spiritual energies. So he calls them angelic angels. I don't like the word angelic because angelic has good connotations in my my. Uh, but you have, you're right. There are malachi habala. There are bad angels as well. There are it's not angels. Part of the klipa. The klipa, yeah, the kali. The I call it the kali. We don't. The kabbalists don't say the klipa. Okay. They use the word kali. They don't get involved with saying these things, right? So the kali, kali for short. It's the same thing. It's kali for short. Just like we don't say her name, Lil. Mm-hmm. We don't say the name. You know. So the word kili lili lili lili, we, uh, that's where it came from. Making a mockery of her, but we don't say that. You, know. you don't attract these forces. You don't say the Samach Mem, mm-hmm. right? You don't say his name. Yeah, just, we don't attract these uh, guys mm-hmm. around us. Uh, it's interesting, when you say the angel's name, the angel is there. So let's say, say some good angels. Michael, Gabriel, Raphael. Yeah, we want them around us. They're the guys we want around us. Amalach HaGoyel, Otimi, Nearim. We want these good angels. We don't. Uh, okay, let's not talk about it. Okay, so, so anyway, that's that's the trouble. That's part of us. It's part of us. It's it's part of the makeup of man. That we're surrounded by these forces. So we have the good. We have the core, which is pure, hundred percent pure. The core is hundred percent pure. Machsav, machsav machsav neshamot, and then you have around that you have the angelic good forces, and then you have the kali around that. So that's the yitzhar tov and yitzhar and the nature of these forces can be understood by examining the term yetzer. Yetzer comes from the word yetzer, yetzar, or create. Vayitzer et ha'adam. Hashem, it says in Bereshit, chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Hashem created vayitzer with two yuds. Two yuds, the Gemara says, 
to tell you that we have two inclinations. Okay? So we have two inclinations. This is in Brachot 61a. Vayitze. Two yuts. Okay. So, what is evil? So, evil, he says in the note of here, he says, evil suggests absence of good. So we have Yotzeh or Berechoshech. God created form light and he created darkness. If you look at the, the source of that bracha, is in Yeshayahu. Yotzeh or Berechoshech. He doesn't mess around. Yeshayahu tells you what is, what is Choshech. Choshech is evil. God created evil. What is evil? Is, is evil the absence of good? Or evil the absence of light? Or is evil goodness which is twisted? And nothing God's will is evil, totally. Okay. So, we'd like to say it's evil, which is not evil. Evil is a mixture. It's a distortion of good energy. It's a mixture of clean and unclean. Okay. So the Yisra is the impulse to survive. We talked about the ego. And when the impulse turns narcissistic, it becomes evil. So where do we find this? The word ra. Ra. The opposite of the word ra is air. Ra air. Air is life, to be awake. And if you're awake, but you're living for yourself, you become ra. Because it's the, it's the power to live, the will to live comes from the evil. Right? It's not really evil, it's more, uh, what is it called? Um, it's a motivation to stay alive. It's uh, self survival. Survival. Life force. Life force of survival. The good life force says, listen, I, I don't want to disturb my mother. My mother's sleeping. I'm hungry, but my mother's sleeping, so I won't, I won't wake up my mother. The, the, the energy to survive says, i got to survive, i got to drink, i got to eat, otherwise I'm going to die. <laughs> Ma! The child starts screaming. If without that scream, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a survive, it wouldn't survive. I'm cold, I'm hungry, I'm wet. Uh, do something. Save my life. So without that, the trouble is that if it's just turned inwards all the time, it becomes narcissistic. And therefore, all they care about myself, myself, that's why. So a few people can get married today. I mean... I know people now buying dogs in Manhattan. They're buying dogs. The singles are buying dogs. Why are they buying dogs? Well, I don't think they're narcissistic all the way because they want to give to something. <laughs> <laughs> but it's easier to have a dog than have a husband. It's tragic. It's tragic. <laughs> I don't know. Is there morals in there somewhere? Okay. Uh, it's a very narcissistic. I don't know. I think I find it narcissistic. But that's it. It's, a, it's, a, it's the power. It's the will to survive. The will to survive goes berserk. Survive at every expense, all expense. I don't care who's in my way. I don't care. I'm going to survive. I'm going to kill off everyone else. I don't care. I'm going to survive. That's not the Jewish way. You're not allowed to murder the kid to survive. That's not the Jewish way. But that's, uh, that's evil. That's what evil is. Evil is the opposite of air. Air is awake. It's an energy to stay alive. When it's focused on just staying alive at the expense of everything else, it turns inwards and becomes evil. So it, it reverses. Air becomes ra. Interesting, one of the people who died was Er, Er and Onana, Onan, two sons of Judah, right? Er and Onan, two sons of Judah. So Er was one of the sons. He did, He did evil in the eyes of God. Er became Ra. So his, uh, he, instead of surviving and giving life to others, he refused to give life to others. Er. He spilled his seed on the ground, that's what it says. He wouldn't get her pregnant. He wouldn't get Tamara pregnant. So er and why he, that's evil. That's a it's beautiful. I think that's beautiful. 
the idea that you see it right there, explicit over there. Air, his name was Air, alive, but he did rot in the eyes of God because he wouldn't give off that life force. He wouldn't give to others the life force. It's enough, you know, I'm alive and that's enough. That's all I want. I don't want to give life to others and ruin my wife's body. You know, I'm not going to ruin her body. She's beautiful. So uh, it's, it's very hard. It, by the way, it is very hard. It's very hard to ruin your wife's body, especially if she's beautiful. You see it. Well, it's a sacrifice you've got to make to have kids. Well, today there's plastic surgery and other things, but let's not go into that. There's, there's life after marriage. There's life after children, right? There is life after children. It's very different. Huh? It's very different. It's very different after children? It's, it's definitely more giving, for sure. <laughs> and that's the point. The point is to be giving. The point is to be a giver like Hashem. Hashem is a giver. Hashem didn't have to create anything. It's amazing. Think about it. I mean, why would Hashem want to create a world? And the answer is, one of the answers is he wants to give. He's a giver. Just a giver. So we have to like, try and be givers like that. And that's, between, that's the difference between air and Ra. Exactly the difference between air and Ra. So if this life force, if this will to live becomes evil, he doesn't want to give to anyone else. He just wants to take for himself. Take, 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 take. I'm not a giver. I'm a taker. Okay. Darizal says, these two opposing forces, the Tov and the Ra, developed through the dichotomy of the soul with the corporal as it interacts with the physical surroundings. The soul seeks altruism. The body seeks narcissism. The body just wants pleasure. Physical pleasure. I want physical pleasure. I want to eat. I want to drink. I want to have whatever other things. And physical pleasure, as much physical pleasure. I want to put down the, put down, you see, first thing, put down the air conditioning, make it cool. Uh, when it had a hot shower, you know, Sunday morning, some people didn't come because they couldn't get a hot shower because the water, the water pressure was very low in Highland Park on Sunday morning. So you come to show. So what happened to you? For a shower. So, can I have a shower? I can't, I can't survive like this. Okay. Huh? You're being kind to people sitting next to I don't know about that. They're being, okay, very nice. I agree with you. That's what that's based Yeah. I'm saying, they're being kind to the body as well. The body needs the, sh- the shower. Okay, I'm just saying, this is a level, how far do you go? Right. So that's, the, that's what the opposing force is. One force is pulling you to the material. I want to look after my body. I want to, okay, you want to look after your body, fine. I want to pamper my body. I want to give my body more pleasure, more pleasure, more pleasure. Whereas the soul is seeing altruism. The body is seeking its own pleasure, self-seeking pleasure, and the soul is seeking pleasure for others. That's the fight. So the Yetzers are a creation in progress. Amazing. It's a creation in progress. That's why it says... This is famous. This is Rabbi Tversky, his famous line. Let us make man. Hashem says, let us make man. What does the Hasidim say? Let us make man as man is part of the making process. Let us make man includes man. We are making ourselves as well. We don't really realize it. We are building ourselves. How do we build ourselves? This process of bad against good is building something. Either building a monster or building something good. We're part of the process of let us make man. The process of making man has not ended. Hashem makes a man, but a man is a raw material. It's a gelim, it's like a golem, but gelim. It's raw material. We have to. We are engaged in the process of making ourselves. We have to make ourselves. We have to fix ourselves. That's the tikkun. That's tikkun olam. Ketaken olam. Each human being is an olam. We have to fix ourselves first before we fix others. How do we fix others? We have to fix ourselves. And it's a lifetime of, of, of dedication to fix oneself. This fight, this battle just keeps on going. These are two opposing forces are keeping on going. They're creating a creation and progress, an ongoing process, process ending only with the physical demise of the host. So eventually it's going to end when the soul wins out. But at what cost? What happened to the soul? You know, 
it's on the ropes and it wins, you know, because the body dies. But uh, the soul wins out in the end. But at what cost? What happened to the soul? What happened to the this? Forget about the soul. The soul, nothing happens to the soul. What happens to the garments of the soul? That's the labush. That's the personality of the person. That's who the person is. We're not the soul. We're not the body. We're the garments of the soul. Labush. That's why it says, well, your garment should always be clean. Olam, yadam, what I say? His garment should be clean. The malbush should be lavan. Person's garment should be clean because the malbush, the garment, is the is the is the interface between the body and the soul. That's who we are. So we are the body and the soul. In between, we're stuck in between this these two yetters. The the energy which comes from the good angels and the energy which comes from the kali, mm-hmm. we're stuck in between. And we are powered by the soul. But this malbush is powered by the soul. But the soul doesn't get sullied. The soul just goes up. The high levels of the soul is go, go up. As we say, The soul you gave me is pure. And it stays pure. The soul doesn't get... The soul just goes away. It doesn't get sullied. The lower parts of the soul, maybe nefesh. Anyway. The first time the noun Yetzer appears in the Torah. It's not a very good, not a very good place. So Yetzer is a verb to create. Yetzer Hadam, Asher created man. Yetzer created man with two inclinations. But then it says Yetzer as a noun. Yetzer the inclination of his heart, the products of the thoughts of his heart. Only evil all the day. The whole day his his thoughts were evil. Can you imagine? If you have everything. Everything physical, everything beautiful around you, a pristine world. What would you do with it? What's the tendency of man to do it? So so easy to do. Vaishman Yeshirun Vaivat. The Torah predicts. In the end, Yeshirun will get fat and they will kick. When people get wealthy, they kick God. Usually that's what happens. They're comfortable and they're comfortable and they they forget about who gave them everything. Where did everything come from? It's very easy when you have a beautiful world and God gave you everything. You're successful and money and, and everything's going well and you have beautiful uh, people around you. All oh, they start playing around, fooling around. That's what happened over here. The inclination of his heart was evil all the time. So Yetzer is a product of thought. In other words, both Yetzer is developed through thought and focus. Whether through actual thinking or through action, that influences thought. The host's mental choices and their resultant experience shapes the inclination's tendencies. So what we do affects our Yetzer HaTov and the Yetzer HaRa. So the person involved in doing good is affecting his Yetzer HaTov and making it stronger. And the Yetzer gets weaker, well, to a certain extent. The person who's doing bad is inf- reinforcing his Yetzer all the time. And the Yetzer HaTov is stopping. So that's what we do. We... Create. We are creating our yetzers. We are making our yetzers what they are. The Talmud says, the yetzer makes his first appearance as the baby comes out of the womb, struggling for survival. Its fight for existence is the seeding of the yetzer. So the yetzer is, as we said, the, the power of survival. I want to survive. I want to survive at all costs. I want to survive at all costs. That's the yetzer. And the Yetzer comes out with the child. Imagine, Yetzer is inside the child because, you know, the child has to survive. It has to have a Yetzer. It has to think about itself first. Put itself first. That's Yetzer. Put yourself first. And then only later on does it get a Yetzer top. So it's 13 or 12 for a girl. 
the child gets Yitzhara Tov. What is Yitzhara Tov? Start thinking about other people. But we have to help that child along the process. So you educate your children not to fight with others and to be considerate of other people's feelings. And that's part of the education to get the Yitzhara Tov. That's part of the thing. So how does a person know if they have a Yitzhara Tov or not? And the answer is very simple. If a person thinks all the time selfishly, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? Doesn't think about giving to others. Pure selfishness. Person says, you know, I want to give, I want to give, I want to give. Pure Yitzhara Tov. Amazing. So it, a person can see themselves, what's inside their minds. A person has bad thoughts all the time. Yitzhara Tov. Yitzhara is active, very active. A person has good thoughts all the time. It's the highest level you can get to. The thoughts are the highest level you can get to. Good thoughts. But that's the battle. It's a constant battle. You know, just when you think you've won the battle, that's the big mistake. Just when you let your guard down, bang, a person falls straight down. Down the chute. Shoots the ladders. You climb, climb, climb up the ladder, you get to the top, you say, I'm an angel. Oh, you're an angel, yeah? Right down. Because why? Because Gava, straight away. person has pride, I'm an angel, I, I beat the Yitzhah. Yeah, and the Yitzhah is laughing. You beat me, you think you're so great, right? Pride is the worst thing you just felt. Just that thought. So the person's got to keep praying. Right? We pray every morning, right? Keep me away from my Yitzhara. Stick me to my Yitzhara. We pray every day. Just it's a, it's, We have to pray harder. Especially Elul. Try and pray harder. Less trials, less tribulations, more Yitzhara less Yitzhara. It's hard. So it's good to stay in the Beit Midrash all day long. And think the Yitzhara is not, not here. Yeah, Yitzhara is here as well. Wasting time, telephone, messages, texts. It's all over. That's why in Israel they say no, no smartphones. No smartphones. It just takes away too much time of your day. It is, it's right. So, the person doesn't need it, doesn't need it. Shouldn't have it. Have it. Shouldn't have it. Someone told me they were on the bus in Israel, and the guy next, next to him said, Can I borrow your phone? I need to make a phone call. So he gets the phone, he says, It's a smartphone. I'll take it back. He will make the phone call. So, uh, it's interesting. Interesting idea. But it's a good idea. Why? Because it does take away time. It just steals a person's time. So a person that madriga, it's a great madriga to be. I don't have time to waste anything. Fingers, see the guy's always in a book. His mind's head is in the book all the time. That's it. The Yitzhar Tov is working nicely. Okay. So like a butterfly that bursts forth from its chrysalis, its effort to escape, providing it with the strength necessary to develop its wings and fly forth. So the struggle to live, to battle against adversity is the energy and essence of the Yetzirah. Without the Yetzirah, we wouldn't be alive. Plus, we'd lose their, their desire to eat. You see this in the old age homes. Right? So they just, they turn off. So all of a sudden, the old person switches off. He says, give up. No desire to live. I have no desire to eat. I have no desire for anything. What happened? The Yetzirah stopped. There's no Yitzhara anymore. The Yitzhara stops. The Gemara says in Abu Dazara, right? The, the rabbis tried to destroy the Yitzhara. What happened? The chickens stopped laying eggs. I mean, the whole world stopped. There was no... People stopped going to work. So after having children, it stopped. So they said, we need the Yitzhara. Just, we're going to take away the Yitzhara of Abu Dazara. <laughs> Some part of the Yitzhara will cut it off. The rest of the Yitzhara we need. Otherwise, no, the world will, will end. No Yitzhara. The world ends. There's no, there's no drive, no ambition, nothing. The Yitzhara, everything is everything's from the Yitzhara. All ambitions come from Yetzirah. The person with no ambitions is a very holy person. And you see that. Some people are no, not motivated at all. They're not motivated because they don't have this drive. They're, either they weren't born with it. It's amazing. 
Some people are not born with this, such a powerful drive. It's amazing. They're pure from birth. You see, and some people are very pure. There's just no drive there. I don't want to buy a car. I don't want to drive. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to, no, no. You eat? Uh, barely. No, no, you don't drive to eat much. It's like, but that's not good. Why? Because then you, you have no drive to, to produce. The whole idea, at least spiritually, to, how do you get a spiritual drive to produce? Also, you need the answer as well. You need that jealousy of a scribe to be able to produce more. You know, this guy wrote five books. Why can't I write six books? You need that kind of... It's a Yitzhah as well, but it's a Yitzhah for good. So a person's going to take that Yitzhah and use it for good. Take the bad and use it for good. That's the idea. Take the Yitzhah and use it for good. Take that striving and use that striving for good purposes. So like Shlomo Melech, he likes beautiful buildings. So build a beautiful shul. Build a beautiful Beit HaMikdash. Build a beautiful Beit HaMikdash. Life building. So you have the uh, urge to build. You know, you're a builder, so build something good. Build something worthwhile. Build something constructive. So the Yitzhara is necessary for physical survival. Its desire, though, is a pleasure of existence. That's the trouble. So uh, it goes beyond uh, just self, self-existence. It goes beyond staying alive, and it goes into the next phase, which is unnecessary material. I need materialism, even though it's unnecessary. Left to its own devices, it can trigger all sorts of ego-fulfilling behavioral tendencies. You see this today. People just go in for the kicks. i got to go bungee jumping. i got to go jump off the airplane. i got to go all sorts of things. Why is that like that thrill? That thrill. I'm doing it for the thrill. What thrill? And that's the Yitzhara's thrill. The Yitzhara gets a thrill out of it. Gets a kick out of it. It's not for survival. It's the opposite of survival sometimes. That's definitely a Yitzhara. If it's uh, got some danger in it, it's definitely a Yitzhara. A Yitzhara wants to kill a person. So that's a good way to go. It seeks self-awareness through the senses. Everything is sensual. However, through learning experiences, we can refine and channel this primal urge to a desire for spiritual self-awareness. That's the whole point. The whole point is, use the Yetzirah for good. Use the Yetzirah to motivate a person for spiritual awareness. And when a person tastes Tvekut, that's hard to do. Taste Tvekut. Taste being close to Hashem, nothing better. How do you taste Tvekut? It's hard to do this if you're outside of yeshiva. I taste it very good because by sitting and learning 16 hours a day in the yeshiva and hearing the noise of Torah around you, it's just like, it's so sweet. You just can't. There's nothing that can replicate it spiritually. Nothing replicates it spiritually. So at least a person went through that experience, remembers that kind of way. You can remember that experience and you have, you know, or sitting through Yom Kippur. That's very good. Yeah, a person comes to Yom Kippur and stays here and learns and prays all day with and then you feel the connection, you feel the spark, that's very good. And then the person says, you know what, I enjoyed it. It's like, there's nothing more fulfilling than that. Halavai Yom Kippur can last longer, we're just, we're just not capable of doing it, that's all. Physically we're not capable. So, but that Tvekut is there. It's amazing, you see people coming to Salichot in the mornings. These are people who don't come during the rest of the year, I don't know where they are. So, but they come in the mornings, why? They feel that Tvekut, they feel that extra. So that's, that's a spiritual thing. Feeling it is a spiritual thing. So a person, when they taste that sensitivity to the spiritual, the drive can all be altered. The person says, ah, there's something more to life than physicality. This is another kind of pleasure I never had before. It's amazing. You get hooked to that pleasure. There's no end You find here. A person converts to Judaism. It's like, because I can't find that pleasure anywhere else. I can't find that. Very good. I can't find that spiritual pleasure. It's amazing. 
person becomes religious. I can't find a spiritual pleasure anywhere. Person keeps Shabbat. I can't find that pleasure of Shabbat anywhere. There's nothing to replicate it. No. That's what they say. Men olam abba, Shabbat makita. Shabbat is like men olam abba. It's a little taste of the world to come. So a person's got to feel that. Once a person feels that, nothing else replicates it. There's nothing else. There's everything else. Hevel avalim says, I, I tasted everything. I tried everything. Everything is vanity. Why? Compared to spirituality, everything is vanity. What's the, what's the purpose of all the person gets from all his labor under the sun? Ah, Rashi says, under the sun, worthless. Above the sun, spirituality is worthless. So the Quran is saying, everything is vanity under the sun. In the physical world, it's all vanity. The spiritual world is. So we have to take this primal urge and use it for spiritual self-awareness. Use it for spirituality. Okay. And that's what Arizal says. The Yetzirah is the husk, the peel, the kali of the Yetzirah. Like the peel of the fruit, the Yetzirah, the urges of the body, exist only to serve the Yetzirah Tov and protect it. That's amazing. The whole purpose of the Yetzirah is to keep us going, keep us alive, for the power, for the purpose of good. For the Yetzirah Tov. It's protecting the Yetzirah Tov. It's hard to understand. That was the vision of Yitzhak Avinu. The vision of Yitzhak Avinu was Esav would be the protector of Yaakov. Halavai. Halavai, Esav would be our shield and support us in this world. Imagine what kind of world it would be. Esav would conquer the world and say, Yaakov, here, the world's yours. Make them all spiritual now. I, I got them for you. Make them all spiritual. Halavai, Yitzhak would have been successful. Unfortunately, he wasn't. Unfortunately, he was not. But you can imagine, imagine Esau serving Yaakov. And that's what's going to happen at the end of days. At the end of days, people realize that they'll serve us. They'll serve. They'll say, wait, we want, we want the spirituality. We want to serve the spirituality. So the, the Yetzirah's task is to keep the person alive for the sake of the goodness. The trouble is, we, we're not aware of that. We just don't see that. So we get into the, we get into the self-preservation and we make it into a purpose. <laughs> The goal is self-preservation. So now I gotta go to the gym, now I gotta eat uh, special foods, now I gotta do this, and it becomes a whole lifestyle. What for? Just to stay alive. What are you staying alive for? I'm staying alive to stay alive. I'm eating in order to live. Well, some people lift in order to eat, but that's eating in order to live. But what are you living for? What's the purpose of life? It's not just to stay alive, there's another higher purpose. <coughs> so that's the part the Yetzirah Hara was created to keep the body alive to serve God. But that's the part people forget. The, the urges of the body is to serve the Yitzhak and protect it. If a person conducts themselves properly, making the right moral choices and fulfilling God's will, the Yitzhak will help and strengthen the Yitzhak adding his own zest to the Yitzhak energy. Oh, that's great. That's what we need. That's the Reish Lakish. We need the Reish Lakish. He comes with his Yitzhak and wants to serve God. He's, he becomes one of the biggest geniuses we have because he has that energy, the vitality to do it. It's hard to, to, to kill your Yetzirah. You lose your momentum. You lose your energy. You need that Yetzirah. You need. The Yetzirah is like, we said, like a wild horse. So what happens with a wild horse? You tame it. You tame it. You use the energy of the horse and this way you can become a very good horse. Right? So Yetzirah is the same thing. The Yetzirah gives tremendous energy. See kids, they're running around. These are the wild kids. These wild kids are the best kids. The most potential. Why? Because they're wild. They can do things other kids can't do. <laughs> if you can tame them, they become the best students in the yeshiva. The wildest kids on the block become the best students in the yeshiva. Why? Because they have the power and the energy and capabilities. I remember in school, 
And the teachers are complaining, this kid is ADD and driving me nuts. He's on the, off the wall. This guy's off the wall. I said, don't worry, he's going to be a multimillionaire one day. He said, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But right now, he's a disaster. <laughs> he's going to be the millionaire, not the other guy. The other, he's going to run around the world and make money. Who's running around the world making money? These guys, ADD and ADHD, they're all running around. They can't stop. They like 24 hours a day. Blah, 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 blah. They're going hyper. Huh? Hyperactive, really hyperactive. Boy, these guys are hyperactive. I saw it. I saw it in my own eyes. So these are the guys who are going to make it. They're brilliant and they're hyperactive. But that's the SRI. The SRI is hyperactive. Just, just stop. Can you imagine a person? You tell a guy, let's go to the movie. He'll say, okay, what time? Four o'clock? I'll be there at quarter two. Tell a guy, let's go to the show. He'll say, what time? Ten o'clock? I'll be there at ten thirty. Why? No, yes, sir. Yes, sir. gives the impetus. Yes, sir. It's much more powerful. And that's why Baltashu is greater than Sadi Gamur. Why? Baltashu has got the Yitzhara and he channels it for good. And he has the best of both worlds. The Sadi Gamur is very hard. It's very hard. Walk slowly to. It's very hard to be a Sadi Gamur. The Yitzhara has been sort of semi destroyed. Never had a Yitzhara, maybe, in the first place. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Everyone has a Yitzhara, but it's a very basic Yitzhara. It's like just staying alive. Is there a statement that says the bigger you are, the bigger you are? Yes. Yes. It is. There is a statement. Okay, but uh, I don't know how... Like, it's bigger, right? But relative to the Yitzhah it may be much smaller. I mean, it's definitely bigger, but it's, it's still... The guy's Yitzhah Tov is so great that... For his, his knowledge of the tactics to subdue it. Yeah. But maybe he didn't even need to subdue it because he's born so holy. You have holy parents and the guy, kid is born holy. You have, you have cases like that. So the kid never had a... Like a I mean, okay. We see in certain families. Some kids are wild, some kids are sweetest kids, the purest kids you can get. I had a brother who would sit five years old and read Tehilim all day. But you got a kid that sits down and read Tehilim. How does he know it? I don't know where he learned it from. I don't know. He taught himself. He taught himself everything. Sadiq. So, pure, pure from birth. Like, so it comes to the parents' thoughts when they have conception. It says uh, the very holy thoughts. Because it has or it's a chutavot, or whatever it is, it comes out. So, but uh, the person who's coming from the other side, the reward is much better. Because there's much more effort, much more scar. He gets much more reward for climbing the ladder. So the person's already born on the top of the ladder, so he's got to, it depends how high you go. Okay, I'm going to stop here. And we're going to continue, Bez Hashem, next week, Bez Hashem. Next Sunday, we're going to have a special program. Next Sunday night is a special. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.